1: back to the wise men say podcast you are joining us after a match where we have just watched 90 minutes of football brought to you by the most outstanding candidate that our leaders interviewed and um, we have of course lost 1-0 to Hull City um, and I am joined by Mr Michael Off. hello Michael how are we doing
2: I'm looking forward to some very high performance podcasting
1: Way unlike what we just saw there. Uh, Yeah,
2: I mean, uh, wise men say we have an obsession with progression, so...
1: I just... I'm actually a bit lost for words. I mean, first of all, I would like to... I'm not going to apologise to Sky, but Jesus, if you were watching that as neutral tonight, I mean, even as a fan, it's one of the most boring 90 minutes of football I think I've ever watched. That was... A masterclass in how to play sad, aggravating football from who I can now describe as a very sad, aggravating man that is My- Michael Beal. I, I, I just have no idea what the thought process was behind that. And, I mean, coming out of there, you, you can't think anything. And, I mean, we're what? We're, we're barely two minutes into the pod and I'm already saying you, you can't think anything but surely we have to be seeing the end of Beale here because that was, that was painful and it, it's not a one-off. That is a build-up of just terrible, like terrible. There's no, there's no word for
2: it. Yeah, I can already see the reply saying, oh, well, it's ridiculous, he's only been here five minutes. And you know what, I do get that the next extent because the rational self kicks in, you think, yeah, he has been here five minutes, but like, I think I was saying to you at the bar before we came on air, when have we played well since Bales came in? I think I identified like all it wasn't a classic away from home, but at least we were resilient, we defended well, and we scored a goal of a bit of quality from Clark. Preston the first half was quite good, and we saw the game out comfortably. But my God, other than that, it's been an absolutely appalling watch. I mean, I was down Rotherham just before New Year, and that was just turgid bottom of the league. And I know Rotherham's got the odd good result against good teams, but we scored again, deflected long range goal from Clark. There was no creativity. Um, his subs are killing us every week. It's one of them things. Like I, I, I'm for giving managers time when I've got something to get behind and say, right, he deserves time for these reasons. But we're not playing well. We're not getting the results. And I'll go as far as to say, if we want to save our season and show any ambition of getting into the playoffs, we need to be taking action now. And I think that action has got to be, we, we, we all know what the areas we need to improve in the transfer market. And we need to change a course. We need to change of direction because... As I say, we sat totally more breathed for not being good enough. And this guy, he's took us backwards already. And there's no and there's no side of play I can even see to get behind. It's just, it, as, as I said, it's just such a bad game. Even if we'd equalised with a 94-minute equaliser, like, I don't think I'd have like, come out the game and like happy or... Bu- uh, it was just lethargic, it was pathetic, it was ponderous, it was stodgy. Just shy
1: yeah, and it is. It's it's so so difficult. Like, and I get a lot of people will probably listen to this tomorrow, the day after, when you've had twenty four hours to reflect. You can see some of the positives because I'm not going to lie. Try Hume, bar that one awful mistake he made. Good game. The defence, like, were relatively solid tonight. Alex Pritchard, as always, has a great game. That there, there are moments of stardust in our team, but the issue is we have these fantastic players and we have a manager who is just quite simply not doing enough with them time and time again and I know it's hard to say time and time again when he's been here not that long but I was at Ipswich last week and it's just awful to watch what we know what what we know can be a great team suffering that way I mean Let's let, let's go on to the substitutions because I mean, you look at the subs he made at Ipswich last weekend, or la- yeah, last weekend. You look at the substitutes have made tonight, and you just sat there thinking, what on earth are you watching? What what are you what are you thinking? Like tonight, potentially a little bit better, but bring Barr Bar and Pembele on in the nine in the 80th minute. What's the what's the logic behind that? Like what? And they had a tiny bit of impact, but not at the point when we're one nil down. You make those subs when it's still nil nil, and you can see the game's changing. Which a good head coach—he's not our manager. He's a head coach, but a good head coach should be able to stand that and note, stand there and notice when the pattern of the game's changing. And that's not something he can do. And it's so frustrating. To sit and watch that, to have a, a, like fans in the stadium singing, you're getting sacked in the morning after you've been here. What is it? Less than a month? Like, I'd, yeah, yeah he hasn't. I... He has not been here a month, and he's got fans singing, "You're getting sacked in the morning."
2: I think it's um, what we on now is it the 18th, for. I don't know what date it is, but um, it is
1: the nineteenth of January. Nineteenth
2: of January. So his first game was the twenty-third of December. So in terms of like games, Archie took charge of. You spot on. It's not even been a month.
1: To to have a fan base and not even turn against you, because I don't think there is a point where he's had the fan base on side. He has not come in and even shown us a slight glimmer of something that we can get behind. I just I feel let down. That is how I'm feeling. And I mean, you're more positive than I am because... I have resigned myself to the fact that, OK, fine, we can't. I don't think we can get relegated this season. I mean, Chris with his maths will probably say mathematically it's possible. However, I, do, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I don't see us getting promotion. I don't see us getting in the playoffs, especially not if we keep Michael Beale. And do we think that they're going to turn around and, and admit they've made a mistake? Do we think that they're going to turn around and be like, OK, fair play, this hasn't worked out. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but
2: I, I don't see that coming. I'd, I'd have a lot more respect from if they did that, but the I don't think they will do it, and um, particularly because of the argument like, oh, I know won't be his players to bring in, but they say, oh, we haven't got any new like, blood into the squad and all this sort of things. And they, usually, I can see that they're fair mitigations, but like I say, to earn time, you've got to show something. You know what I mean? You've got to show a coherent style of play. You've got to show like, a bit of like positivity to get behind. Something to make you think that if he remains at the club for the rest of the season, we've got a chance of at least getting into the playoffs. And I think what's more frustrating for me, and I think a lot of fans will feel this, I've not enjoyed coming to matches from about... May 2022, right up until about like a month before Mowbray got sacked. I've not enjoyed going to football to watch something as much in years. Like, under Mowbray, like, obviously, I know it went still towards the end. I don't think this, right? But a lot of the time, the players show bravery on the ball, they show like a willingness to attack. But he it's like, as I say, is so stodgy. And would you, I, I don't doubt Bale right? He, he might be a good coach, but that does not mean you're good tactically. I have no doubt he'd probably give an exempt to be training session, but I don't care about that. I, like in terms, of like you say, if substitutions kill us all the time. Like um, tactically, I'm not sure what our game plan is. I, I really- and I don't think the players know that
1: either. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to stand here tonight and, and dig out the players. I know that there's some people who say that, who will say that that it's on the players tonight. For me, it's not. I think that they don't know what the game plan is. I think they look lost out there. I mean, Dan Neil—that that is potentially one of the worst games I've seen him have in a while. I, I, I think he had some moments, but it's not the Dan Neal we're used to seeing. And I just... I, the issue is I, I don't know where we go from here. That's, that's, that's the problem. I don't see a future here. I feel like, I feel like I'm breaking up here. <laughs> like I don't know where we where we move on, but do you know what I mean? There's there's no there's no forward planning. There's no future um, here. And
2: I think the ownership will get a shock, mind. If they think that Southern supporters are going to be happy being mid table, maybe operating the second tier of English football, because people might say, "Sorry, I don't care. We are a club of a certain standing where we should be at least challenging for promotion from the Championship." Last season was different because obviously it was our first season back in the Championship, but we got in the playoffs. You know, we, we were probably like a couple of fifth centre halves and the centre forward away from getting promoted. So at the regress from there to the point we are now, it's like, and as well, I keep banging on about it, but you look at the transfers we've made in the last 12 months and they haven't developed the squad. Like, if the squad is demonstrably weaker than last season and actually now you're looking at Morgan as I say did go still towards the end but he's got more about the players even towards the end than what Bale's getting out of him right now and if you are going to sack a manager with that popularity and bringing a coach like Michael Bale who was unpopular to start with and he plays really bad football and the results aren't good suddenly we're not going to be getting 40,000 through the door for, for an average league game you know what I mean like, I've a about this all the time again but when I first started going to watch Sunderland regularly in the championship under Mick McCarthy we won the league and we averaged under 30,000 so people with not The crowds we are getting now are absolutely just like so far above and beyond what...
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: What we usually get at this level, and there's a cost of living price going on, it's really tough right now for a lot of people. People aren't going to come back through the door, and, and and especially what goes on, you are in danger of losing supporters. But as I say, if they have any serious ambition about still trying to get promoted, they've got to do something to correct it.
1: Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, I think we do need to talk about the match a little bit because <laughs> we I have. we don't still saving the garbage fund
2: that we're really, Yeah, them, and uh,
1: I think, I mean, Pritchard had that chance, didn't he? Like in the first half, where. Yeah. I mean, I thought it got deflected, but then obviously it was a goal click, kick, so so maybe it didn't. Their goal took a deflection, didn't it? it did. I mean, you're you're at the opposite end yeah. from it, but like it just passed and diving completely wrong way. I couldn't see, it, but I think it took a deflection. It's it's one of those ones where you've got two teams who look like they're playing their final game of the season, where they're both safe. It's a bit of a kind of game of attrition and one goal nicks it. And that is what we saw tonight. You
2: could argue that game just deserved to finish 0-0. It, it, it did. But I think now the thing is, a few weeks ago, I remember, we talked about games a few months ago and we'd be saying, oh, if we'd taken our chances, he missed that chance, he missed that chance. At least there was positivity we were creating stuff. But now, I'm, tra- I'm trying to like... You know, if you're editing, like, a highlights package and you're desperate to show, like, a highlight of your teams, you don't want to be saying as bias. That's how I feel watching Sunderland right now. Yeah. I'm having to really think, oh, well, yeah, so so he had a shot from 25 yards at the keeper and made a good save. Or, yeah, like... like yeah, him, that one, but, like... Yeah, but, but we're, not, we're not creating chances. The chances are just, like, kind of, it's falling to people on the edge of the area, and I know that's how football sometimes works, but... Casting Mine back a couple of months and we were still carving to absorb and we were missing guilt edge chances and we're not even doing that now. And as I say, it's a, it's not a progression it's it's not even staying where we are, it's a regression and that's a that two winning six from now. It's so
1: Mowbray Mowbray got sacked for less. Like if they if 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 I mean we can talk about kind of off the pitch stuff, etc why did Mowbray get sacked? But they gave the reason of he looked like he was in downward turn of form. He'd lost, what, one game, how many, however many he'd lost. And Beal's now looking at a worse percentage than that. He's not bringing any positivity. We're saying we're not creating those chances. That does come down to the game plan. Oh, yeah. That comes down to the team talks he's given them at half-time. That comes down to what they're planning in the week. And ultimately we are not prepared to face these teams yeah. we're backing off them we're siti- we're sitting deep we're not trying to press them it it's just nothing there's nothing there it's it's just so frustrating and i'm trying not to get angry about it because i will not let michael beal make me angry i i refuse to let that happen but it's so annoying <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand it. Like
2: I don't get it. Like, yeah, I just feel I, I'm not even at the youngest. I just feel so flat because, unfortunately, we don't have the famous skills of Richard Easterbrook to process things <laughs> so quickly. So I am struggling a little bit. But it's just I don't know. You, you're looking around during that game at, at different points, and you're just thinking like, because this right, this is a very like your dar point to me, right? <laughs> but in the second half. Bale was sat in the dugout and Mike Dodge was on the touchline. Oh, the instructions.
1: Bale sitting down. I, like, and
2: again, oh. it, it is just optics, right? And if we, were, and if we wouldn't, he did that, I wouldn't mention it, right? I do accept that, OK? So I'm not claiming that I'm unbiased, right? I do not like Michael Bale. I'm not claiming that we balance or whatever you want to say. But
1: You don't come to the Wise Men's podcast for balance all the but time? It's,
2: but as I say, it just doesn't look like, to me, in the way he's taken players under the bus, he's not taking ownership of what's going on right now. And that, for me, is a big like, kind of um, red flag because he did this at Rangers. He threw players under the bus continuously. When things went right, he was telling the world how brilliant it was that when things went wrong, it was always a player's fault. And like I keep on saying, if you are going to sack Mourley, fair enough, but you've got to bring in better and even, that interim period, let's not forget, I came out of that Leeds United game with the Mike Dodds feeling like on top of the world. Yeah. Because and that's the disturbing thing. Mike Dodge, who was a, Mike does, who was like a novice in terms of kind of like actual coaching, like a team at this level, he put on a much more sophisticated game plan to beat Leeds, who are one of the best teams in this league. Against West Brom, we showed a intent. So Beal, uh, sorry, um. Dodd-Shaw in them two games that he can like set different game plans for different teams so if a novice coach can do that what is his excuse right now yeah. and he can already say like he was saying before all oh, people need to remember like that I'm without four players I don't hear excuses already Michael they
1: were without nine players
2: tonight yeah, Exactly. So exactly. What, what's, what's I mean, the point as there? I say we, we beat West Brom away back in the last season with like with like um, one fifth centre half I think and like no strikers we beat Luton who well, they got promoted at home beat them in the playoff semi-final with with, with Gellard up front and no centre halves, it, it's like, as I say, I don't want to hear the excuses. And as I say, you need to do things to earn time. And I know I'm talking a bit circularly and I'm just a bit frustrated, but it's, it's my performance on this podcast is probably as incoherent as that performance on the pitch.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, we're, we're, I don't know what to say. Yeah, because we're both in a state of just utter not apathy, but. We we are at a point of we we don't know where we go next. I mean, you make some just like sensational points there. Why is Beale ever sitting down? He sat down during the Mags game, which angered me beyond belief. He sits down every match, sits back, and this is when we're one nil down. This is when we've got young lads on the pitch who need someone, even if he's just shouting on the sidelines them, right, let's go. We, they need someone and he's not doing that. Dodsey, when he was in charge, and I know, I know we're taking a small section here. I know we're not looking at as long a period as Beal's been in charge. We are looking at a very kind of glimpse into what what Dodsey could have been as a coach. I'm calling him Dodsey again, but what Dodsey could have been as a coach. But at this moment, I genuinely... Would probably have been happier if we just let Dodds in charge. Yeah. I would have been richer because I put a bet on Doddsy to be our next coach, but I would have been a lot happier if he had been just left in charge at the end of the season. Because if your plans, well, not yours, but if their plans weren't promotion well, this season. <laughs> <Hang> on, <laughs> right, it's all Michael Small. <laughs> no, if their pr- plans weren't promotion this season, then what is the point in going out? bringing in Michael Beale and not just sticking with Dodsey till the end of the season what difference has this made what difference has bringing this man to our club actually made apart from just making us all kind of not want to go to the match
2: And, and this I think is the last point I'm going to make because as I say I'm kind of struggling to put my own thoughts together to be fair but as I said before, the last 18 months, right, I've not enjoyed coming to watch Sunderland play, win, lose, or draw. At last season, our home form wasn't great. I didn't get the many aways, right? But last season, I enjoyed watching the matches. I enjoyed going to the matches, win, lose, or draw. And this, what people, a lot of people don't realise, right, I've only space myself, obviously, right, but I've criticised because I fucking care so much. You know what I mean? I don't like complaining about my football club. It's one of, it's like, it's something that Sunderland throughout my life it's one thing that sometimes keeps me going the thought of going to the match you know what I mean it's like after for a lot of people and now we're, if we're back to the stage where it's a chore to go to the match it's not what we want and like I say I've really enjoyed the last 18 months of broad positivity and like whatever you think of what's going on behind the scenes you wake up on Saturday and think get in match today I'm not looking forward to Stoke at all next week I'm just, I'm just so thankful Alex Neil's are still their manager because he could be bottom of the league with three points the only three points would have been against us they'd have six by the end of the game I'm just it's honestly it's sucking the life out of us at the minute and I just really want something needs to change because I can't I can't just sit and watch be clubs finish 12th in the championship like nah.
1: Do you know what I I can't build on that I think I think that's where we we have to leave it I mean it's it, there's nothing more we can say we've probably gone round in circles but that's the what point. To what reaction Potter? Exactly, and and that's the point. We want to want to go and watch our team. We want to be excited to watch us play. We want to, even if it feels like a chore at times, be there to cheer the lads on. But when we have no idea what on earth we're watching on the pitch, that is incredibly difficult.
2: And, yeah. And the same when you've gone from that Leeds game, six weeks ago, whatever, you're coming out of the ground floating on air. Thinking right, this we, we, this squad is showing what they're capable of. Get a good head coaching. We have a good end of the season. If we hope we miss out the playoffs. Fine, that can happen. Yeah. But at least give it a real good go and play attacking football and give us something exciting. Be about.
1: realistic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs>